Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. Most of us are still locked down, away from the offices, juggling homeworking, schooling, cooking for, for the whole family amongst, you know, trying to fit in scheduled work. But I think it's time to start thinking about life after the coronavirus. What does it look like? My name is Richard Svarison and joining me today is Frederick Bordeca of Bordeca Partners. A warm welcome to you, Frederick. Well, thank you. Frederick, I was, I was wondering, how has the COVID-19 uh, outbreak affected you so far? Well, uh, fortunately, I would say less, less than many, many of colleagues out there in Europe. Sweden has a little, as you know, a little more relaxed attitude, uh, even if there is a lot of restrictions. Uh, but uh, it's not rules, uh, or, or and there are no let's say, police officers hunting us. So I'm working. Um, I'm at the office, but uh, of course, no traveling and uh, quite a lot of meetings over Teams. Uh, but uh, compared to others, uh, not so much, actually. <laughs> Okay, that's good to hear. I think before maybe we move on to the post-COVID-19 world, let's talk about how the pandemic has affected the Nordic market so far. Could you say a few words about, you know, liquidity or, or prices? It could be hard to say, well, what is what here? Because we, before the this pandemic really started, we, we had a steep fall in the Nordic prices. And, and that was due to due to the hydrological balance improving so much and so fast. And if we look at the demand, of course, it has gone down, but less than we assumed and, and, and absolutely less than compared to France or Italy or Germany. So it has affected prices. Uh, liquidity, yes. Uh, um, I'm not that active out in the market as, as I used to be, uh, but the, the signals uh, I get is that on the one hand, most of the traders are working from home. So Maybe it shouldn't affect the liquidity that much, but but on the other hand, maybe you don't go into the the, the really large positions, and uh, there are of course some restrictions from risk managers everywhere. That so so liquidity is is lower, I would say. Then. Mm. And how about the PPA market? Does that slow down at all? Do you think? Yes, that's uh, there are several factors that that are slow slow that one down. Of course, the the low price level and 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 how fast that one came down has, has affected the, the discussions. Uh, but of course, also a lot of a lot of the projects uh, and, and are, are being delayed and due to the corona. And um, but I would say probably the price level that needs to be even logically uh, having a a low price now in 2020 and let's say a half a year or a year out shouldn't affect the 10-year price curve, which is more important for the PPA market. But it does, and, and that's how it always been, and especially in the Nordic market. A little crazy, but that's uh, that's how it has been. Absolutely. People are always focused on, on what's happening now, aren't they? I mean, they're very much colored by current uh, market dynamics. As you say, it shouldn't affect 10 years out, but uh, it does. Yeah, yeah. And now, as we see for, for some of the contracts, it's they are connected to, say, the overall economy or the world economy. So, and we had that, I think it was in 2000, 2003, where everyone was looking at uh, American job figures, the, the non-farm payroll figures. And that moved the, the Nordic front power contract, or, or even the, the two <laughs> contract two years ahead. So I would say quite, quite insane. But, but that's, that's how it was. Not really that physically connected, are they, uh, those two markets? Uh, not yet, anyway. No. If 
I mean, if we start to think about getting back to where we were just a few months ago, um, what do you expect the recovery to look like, Frederick? I wish uh, I could say I, I believed in this V-shaped recovery, uh, but it seems less and less likely for several reasons. There are, of course, the the hydrological balance that we have now in the Nord- Nordic market that that is uh, still pushing down the prices. Uh, but uh, I would say demand destruction. I think that that the demand will it will take longer time than many people think before demand is coming back. We have changed a lot of habits uh, are being changed that we have mm. found out that yeah it, it is quite okay to have a meeting over Teams or Zoom or whatever you use. So uh, so I think those those habits uh, will take some time and and if we go into a a recession of course that will affect uh, everything flying and consumption and so from that that point of view yeah, this this will take some time but i've also met a lot of people that are very pessimistic regarding the the hydro balance and 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 it's going to take so long time to remove that that surplus energy we have in the system and and on that side i'm not that worried because uh, well we've seen an extremely wet period and there there will be extremely dry and extremely cold periods coming so it's uh, that's how it is. It's quite cyclical. Yeah, it? and you yeah. tend to draw a straight line. If it's going down, it's going straight down to, well, to a warmer place. And, uh, and if it's going up, it's going up to heaven. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you talk about demand, do you mean both industrial demand, household electricity demand, as well as kind of the oil of the wider sort of economy, such as um, you know transportation and, and airlines, etc.? Yeah, I mean, in a wider in, in the wider aspect, that and then we all without going too far in, in, in the future, uh, I will also say that this move towards electrical vehicles, that's, um, okay, you see, it depends on, on, on who you're listening to, but, but some say, okay, now the, the, the EV development will be, be put on hold. People won't afford to buy those cars. And the other camp says, okay, now it's the time that where everyone will, will move over to the battery battery market and then to, to, to vehicles with batteries. So mm. it, it's very hard to say. But on a general scale, definitely demand has been destroyed and it would take some time to come back. I think that brings me on to my next question, Frederick. I mean, I think, do you expect the brakes to come on for the green transition or do you expect it you know, could be accelerated by a wish to go to a greener world now? Now's the opportunity. Let's grasp it. I'm a little positive there that... Um, when you look to what the politicians are preparing, uh, it seems like they are they are just loading up uh, with, with a lot of money. And uh, and since there before the crisis was a, a green a drive towards spending on on, on green investments, mm. I think that it will be positive. Uh, but due to the recession, I also expect maybe those things they take out each other. Mm. So it will be kind of a, a muddling through that we. And instead of a fantastic new green world, as I say, my guess, I guess, I'm also not that very pessimistic on on, on the investments in or the green investments, because because it, it it is an asset and it, and it's it's a real asset that that is producing something real, electricity. With all this money being pumped into the systems. Uh, I think it's pretty good to have something real and tangible to hang on to. So you don't think this period of quite a long period of low prices, which are, as you highlighted, were already low before the the coronavirus struck. You don't think they're hampering investments in in green energy in in the Nordic region? They have hampered it somewhat already when it dropped uh, before the coronavirus, but but not uh, holding it to to zero. Mm. And we had so many different, let's say, 
dimensions on it that more and more investors that came into the Nordic, they prepare themselves for a, for a merchant market. Hmm. Let's say in, in, in their minds, they are already starting to prepare themselves for, for, for low prices and how to handle them. Hmm. And they had this belief, and I still think they have, that the prices are coming up if you look on a 5, 10 or 15 year time horizon. So let's say the mood before was that, okay, many of the investors wanted to have as little PPA as possible and as short PPA as possible because the the investment cases, they were really dependent on on higher prices ahead of time or, or, or longer, further out in time. I mean. mm. So maybe now they need a little more security that the, the, instead of having a PPA for 45 or 50%, they, they need to go out and have a PPA for for 65% like or 70% like, like it used to be earlier. 65, 70% of their output and maybe for a longer period going forward as well. So re- maybe return back to 10, 15 years seals. Yes, yes, I think so. Mm. That's uh, unfortunately so because uh, our company, we, 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 we want to see more, let's say more exposure and more merchant more merchant exposure. So, mm. uh, so for us, it's not that, that perfect. Okay, so people are sort of with the, some of the risk, you know, people want to um, manage their risk in a different way here and not, not be exposed so much uh, uh, going forward as, as a light, which is in a way quite understandable in a, in a very, in this um, very uncertain environment. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I also have a, a strong belief that um, on the corporate uh, or in the corporate, uh, corporate PPAs that more and more businesses with, with let's say, with not that much consumption uh, uh, coming into the the corporate PPA arena. Uh, mm. We have seen the Googles and the Facebooks and the Alcoas, and, and now we are seeing smaller and smaller uh, consumers. And once they are over this, let's say, the, the worst recession here, and uh, I'm pretty sure that they are coming in, and we will see more and more of the corporate PPAs. Okay, so you expect that to continue to grow once we're out of this uh, this crisis? and. Which sectors in particular is that, Frederick, that you think is, is a growth sector, you know, once, you know, we get some semblance of normality again? I would say the, the, the real estate, uh, the, the, the companies that own a lot of, a lot of real estate, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's definitely, definitely an area. We have companies or groups that are into to, to steel, and, and then I mean more speciality steel and, and, and those kind of uh, companies. So, uh, so not the mining companies, uh, because they are already looking at this. Uh, that's um, there are some areas where we're and and then I also think that okay maybe this this will take another three five years but the consumers that consume fifty hundred gigawatt hours per year why shouldn't they go into this market when when they see they can get a PPA for yeah let's say twenty eight thirty euros uh, why should they go to to the energy company and buy it for six or seven euros more mm. that's uh, I think this this shift in the mindset is uh, is coming. The genie is out of the bottle there, in a way. What will that do the wholesale market then, Frederick? Do you think it will be quite interesting to see how how let's say the the normal traditional big energy giants are, are going to handle this? Mm. They are being circumvented or they are rounded here, and 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 I think one one reason why it hasn't gone faster is that the contract has been quite complicated if you look at the those ppa contracts that are a couple of years old it's uh there's a lot of pages and um <laughs> there there have been truckloads of lawyers behind them and uh, i see that they are becoming simpler and simpler so um that's also one one reason what would be easier for for those companies just to come in and, and do a ppa instead of going to 
bottom fall or Fortum or, or Eon and, and, and get a five-year deal or a three-year deal. That sidelining will maybe get more drastic and then there's, it opens up for, I suppose, companies such as yourself. Uh, self, so. Yeah, and, and at least uh, over over period where where we see that we, we can we can be part of simplifying these agreements and and also making it less let's say less scary to go into these contracts because because we meet several of these let's say medium-sized companies that are really interested in get, getting into to corporate ppas and they they have the the pressure from their own management they need to go go green but but also then then they say okay uh, we, we have talked to some of them and then, then they come there with, with all the lawyers and all the contracts and all the risks and so our role would be to come in and, and, and educate them and give them the, the confidence to do these deals. We're seeing the emergence of, you know, well, we expect to see the details of the European Commission's Green Deal fairly soon. I know, I know Sweden's been a very strong proponent of a higher emissions reductions target. Um, I think uh, the, the, the Swedish rapporteur for, for the climate law proposed a 65% uh, emissions cut uh, just this week. What does this mean for the the ppa market do you expect there to be some boost or some kind of um you know coming from the commission or what are your hopes from from brussels well if any uh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's, uh, that's probably also connected to that all these support packages that are being uh, being prepared everywhere mm. in a way the money that that's been discussed before it, it look, looks like pocket money in, in comparison to all the support packages that are being prepared now i think it's it, it's hard to say sweden has also been i say front runners in, in many of these areas uh, and there are a lot of support schemes already to give a short answer i don't have let's say that high hopes on any specific uh, mm. uh, schemes uh, that, that, that will help us and and if you look at the wind wind business in, in, in sweden and norway and, and yeah now finland also it's once we're out of this low price uh, situation, it looks like it's it's um, it can walk for itself. It has learned to walk, and now now we can really w- walk for itself. And and actually, I would say probably start running in a couple of years. If we talk more about the energy sector in general, who do you think will be the winners and losers in the post coronavirus world? I've done a couple of predictions over the years, and and mostly connected to, to, to what we happen to traders since uh, that's uh, and uh, I've always been too early so uh, okay I guess I have to I have to be a little careful this time uh, I remember several years ago when I thought that the, uh, the long-term traders or the traders out on the curve they would be they were kind of being extinct uh, because it mm. will all be about short-term trading and then because of the variable wind production and the solar power and even if the liquidity has gone down quite a lot, that's uh, I was ahead of time there. But I think I, I will stick to that. That uh, the, the companies that focus on trading, let's say, several years ahead, I don't think that they will they will disappear. But uh, with with more and more PPAs, with more and more corporate PPAs, that very important demand will will disappear. So. Uh, they they will be hit uh, those that are focusing on on let's say longer term trading and, and and having a business that is dependent on that and so and that that is partly the the traditional energy companies also but 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 several of the trading firms because it's not only yeah it it is liquidity and the contracts are so long so 
so much longer than in, in the short term trading. So, so the money involved becomes so much, uh, mm. uh, so much more money. And I would say maybe also the whole business, if, if we focus just on power, that I think that would be a shift in, in the mindset that, that once the companies have started buying PPAs, they stop looking at, at electricity as something you, you just need to, to buy every year and have a new contract. Mm. And it's something that prices should fluctuate. It more becomes a part of the investment of the of a whole company. So if you have a ten year PPA, it's just like, yeah, we built a new machine, and and that's that machine is is, is an investment for ten or fifteen or twenty years, and suddenly they downplay the the risks. And unfortunately for 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 the business I've been for 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 twenty four years, there there would be less less demand for exposure management for risk management but there there still be some exposure in, in on, on the short term markets you will still need to oil it maybe oil the machine on on a daily basis maybe or even hourly basis or has that gone yeah that's uh, that was my, my prediction a couple of years later that we would come to <laughs> yeah. focus on that and but then suddenly we had had uh, artificial intelligence blockchain solutions and all that came came in hmm. and and we are not there of course the, these are couple of years uh, ahead of time also but um, i definitely see that that uh, with all the computer power and uh, big data and that's coming in, into play now i wouldn't recommend my my daughters to 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 become short-term power traders that's, okay uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely yeah but but the big killer for that is is it's not the ai that's the it's the battery batteries and, and that storage technology that's, Absolutely, you, you expect that to be massively expanded in uh, in the years to yeah. come. That could be a winner yeah. from this COVID nineteen crisis. But do you think you you've touched upon working from home? Do you think you know the more people do this, the more kind of solutions that will emerge that will enable you know remote working? Maybe that means more robots, make means more machines remotely controlling the machine that you talked about. The machine that is the PPA, or or, or, or you know, optimizing um, you know output from power plants, however small they may, may be. Yeah, that's uh, but that's actually quite interesting. Also, when when we've had the, if I get your question right, uh, we had the discussion for, for several years. If if a trading trading house or trading department, if everyone needs to sit and, and come to the office uh, every day, I've been split on on the one hand s- several. Several, I've seen several really, really good traders being not the most social people in the world. So, <laughs> so there, would, uh, there, there weren't much difference uh, and between uh, sitting together or, or, or uh, and then on the other hand, also I've seen some traders being very hard to have in a, in a room with normal people. So <laughs> maybe so, so so looking from 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 a trading aspect. Uh, I think that we we can actually be much more productive in this way. And then, but uh, but at the same time, there are, there are there are a lot of people that, that definitely need to have the social interaction. And um, so, if you just just zoom into that, let's say from a trader trader ax, trading aspect, uh, I think that we we will see some new new ways of organizing trade trading uh, houses and trading. Um, Definitely. Just a final question, Frederick. You mentioned the low wholesale prices. You know, I'm asking you to stick your neck neck out here, but how long will it will it take for for them to recover to what we saw maybe six months or a year ago? 
Yeah, of course, not the easiest question here and uh, <laughs> something I would probably have to eat up at the next Montel boat trip somewhere. <laughs> I think that it could could be faster than many think because uh, we have this huge hydrological surplus now, 30 terawatt hour or more. But I'm 100% certain that the hydro producers will be forced to spill a lot of that energy by the size of the turbine so there will not be any energy produced or any electricity produced so and after that is spilled we kind of start again at a surplus of yeah let's say 15 15 terawatt hours and that is much more manageable a dry period and a cold period and then now we're suddenly down at the 10 terawatt hours that we were before in, in december or 10 or 15 terawatt hours and then the hydro producers are in control again so from that point of view, I think it can go faster than, than many people think. But then we must look at what, what has happened at the same time with the gas market. So it's not only the hydrology. Now we also have a gas market that has plummeted. So, so if we are down at yeah, 19, 20 euros per megawatt hour for, for producing gas now in front with, with the front month prices, I think... What we have to do is really keep keep a keep a close look on, on or a close eye on that, uh, because hydropower or hydro surplus, yeah, that goes up and down, and and, and we are not going to stay here for three or four years. We will get out, but but the gas market now, um, worth me more because that is going to be the price setter as I see it for once the the hydro producers are back in control again. So, uh, as you could hear, I avoided your question. <laughs> <laughs> very, very well. Uh, almost as ta- yeah. tactfully as, as yeah. the previous question, uh, Frederick. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah no. That's, uh, I have a future in, in Brussels, mate. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, let, let me give a very, very wide answer then. I would say eight to 18 months, then we're, then we're back. <laughs> Perfect, Frederick. Well, that's all from the Montel Weekly Podcast this week. Many thanks to you, Frederick, for joining. A a very interesting discussion uh, about uh, the uh, post-COVID-19 world. So thank you once again. Well, thank you, Richard. And listeners, remember to join our new COVID-19 and energy special, which starts on Monday. Keep up with our stories on Montel News. Follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you. Goodbye.